What's up, guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm here with Nathan. How are we doing today, Nathan? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Spencer? Pretty good. Uh, today, we will be doing the running backs. Uh, you can check that out on our website at dfffanatics.com. Um, also, check out our Twitter, the FF Fanatics 3 and Check out our YouTube, the Fantasy Fanatics, where we will be, where we will be posting daily throughout the week on uh, some waiver wire pickups, weekly rankings, you know, maybe some hot takes with Robbie every yep. now and then. Um, and so we this do is week one. Yeah, week one. I'm ready. How about you? I'm so pumped. We got our first game on Thursday coming up. This is being recorded on Monday. So if anything, if anything happens in between here and Thursday, our rankings may change, but it'll be after after this video has been made. So check out our Twitter in case anything changes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start off with the number one running back. No question. He's facing the Jets, too, which is a great matchup. Um, Christian McCaffrey, he's a stud. You is know, there creepy. any defense he could be facing where he would not be number one? I would say the Rams, and then it would have to take like Dalvin Cook to be facing like the Raiders. think so? So it's got to be something crazy? Because I, I think McCaffrey, unless something crazy happens, is going to be my number one almost every single week. Yeah, or maybe he's facing like Washington or the Rams. That's and then it would have to be a really good matchup for like Kamara, Cook, or Henry. Yeah, I could see it. Um, or just somebody to break out this year. Yeah. If we're if we're talking about guys who can move up to that number one, who are some guys you know besides Cook, Henry, Kamara, McCaffrey? I, I, I honestly on this list, you got one through fourteen here. Every single one of them has a chance to be RB one. Every single one. I would think every single one besides Joe Mixon. I, he's got he's gonna have the the volume if he stays healthy and plays well. I don't see why he doesn't have at least a shot. Let's scroll down a little bit and see if there's any more. No, I think 14 is where it's cut yep. off. I think 14 is where it's off. Yeah, Raheem Mostert's gonna be sharing the backfield field at one point. Uh Chris Carson, I don't think he really has it to be RB1. Um I think yeah, this no. this range, their upside is like maybe just outside the top five. Like that's their ceiling. What about Clyde? No. Nah. You don't think so? He's he's got like just outside the top five upside, but I don't see RB one upside, like the RB one. Okay. All right. Well, let's get into RB two. We both have it unanimous there. Yeah. We have it unanimous all the way down from you know, Derek Henry at three, Adam Kamara at four. Mm-hmm. Not really much explanation. There's, that's where we rank those guys coming into the season. Mm-hmm. And they all have so-so matchups, so you know. Just nothing. to clarify, this is half-point PPR rankings, just so we can kind of meet in the middle of everybody's uh, formats. All right, and this is where our first disagreement starts. Aaron Jones, I have him at five, and then you know you have James Robinson at five. Mm-hmm. Is it just because he's facing the Texans? That's a massive part. Um, ETM being out, obviously, going to boost his stock. Um, is it? The only thing I worry, is it a Carlos Hyde revenge game <laughs> against I, the Texans? I don't think. I think I don't think he has the chance of being RB five weekend. I, I don't know. I, I, that's one of those guys I was kind of gonna say, eh, to be an RB one, just because I think last year he may have to be the RB one. You think? Yeah, I hate to say this, but may have last year. He had the perfect situation. It was Gardner Minshew, not a good quarterback. So every time he would dump it off to him when it was a pass, and then they would just feed him during the games. 
Now they have Trevor Lawrence, Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault's in his second year, and DJ Chark um, is healthy. Uh, he's kind of healthy right now. I don't see – I mean, I have Robinson at nine, and that's you know a bit optimistic that I have him at nine. If he was facing somebody like Green Bay, I'd have him all the way down at 14 to 15. Yeah, I could see that. I think Houston – playing Houston definitely has a big – role in his ranking why i have him so high at five i think as far as the season long we'll just touch on real quick i think he he is included in that group of players he's got the number one rank potential just because the offense is going to be better than it was last year so if he still gets his opportunity he's got more chances for touchdowns um and it's just i think he's gonna be the guy last year he was what rb five i think on a points per game basis or total points one of the two so he's 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 been up there i don't see why there's any reason why he couldn't be all right, well, let's go down to uh, seven. Nope, eight. All right, I did see where we skipped over Chubb. We had Chubb, both of us ranked him at six. He is going to be in a, I think, as, like I said last video, I think it's going to be a shootout against Kansas City. Uh, you know, he's not the workhorse mm-hmm. guy, but it doesn't really matter. He's that good. Running behind probably the best O-line. Well, even though he's not like – a workhorse, he's still gonna he's he's gonna get plenty of work. Like, yeah. like the workhorse in the Cleveland offense would be getting like thirty touches, like thirty plus, because that's how much they gave it to. It's just they so happen to have two guys. So he's gonna he's he's essentially got like a workhorse workhorse role. Okay, all right, and right below James Robinson, we have Jonathan Taylor against Seattle. I mean, that's not. You know, that's a that's a pretty good matchup for him. Why do you have him at nine? Just you like Zeke better than him this year, uh, this week. The only reason I rank Zeke below him is because he's facing Tampa Bay. Yeah, I've got I've got Zeke one spot ahead because I think it's going to be a shootout with Tampa Bay. I think the defense is it's going to be good against Dallas, but I think uh, with Dak back, that offense is going to be clicking. And the other thing with Jonathan Taylor is I think Seattle's defense might surprise people this year. I think it's going to be better than people are expecting. Losing KJ Wright definitely hurts them. But um, I think the addition of Marlon Mack coming back into the fold, along with Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins, may take away touches, whereas Zeke only has Tony Pollard to compete with. And uh, I think Seattle's going to be up, be up ahead of – Indy, and so they're going to have to throw more as I do Tampa Bay against Dallas. But I think Zeke will be using the passing game more than Jonathan Taylor will. That's that's my thinking. And some news I just got right now is that Curtis Samuel, he was in an interview and they asked him if he would be playing on Sunday. And he said, I don't know. We will see. Yep. So just a little update there. Um, if he's not playing, would you touch Antonio Gibson? Would I touch him? What do you mean? I mean, would you move him up? Would you move him down? No, I keep him there. I don't think Curtis Samuel impacts Antonio Gibson that much. Do you think it moves JD McKissick up? No. So I think you, you think it's. Still... I think they're pretty set. Yeah, I mean, Curtis Samuel is a good player. I think it's just going to be kind of a plug and replace kind of deal. McKissick may see the field a little more. You may see him in the I, slot. I think I would move McKissick up a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit. But Gibson, I think is. I think he's. It's hard to put him above guys like uh, Saquon or Zeke or Taylor or Eckler for me. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Eckler, uh, he's one of the most, you know, 
he he could be anywhere from that RB five to RB. You know, I, I've even seen him go four or five in PPR, and then in standard, I've seen him go as low as you know seventeen or eighteen. Yeah. Um. This is half point PPR, so we have him kind of in the middle. I have him a little bit lower than you do. Mm-hmm. I have him at fifteen. You have him at eleven. Um. He could he could very well catch. What do you think his ceiling is? A hundred balls. Oh, I think, I think his is, is comfortably that um, if he gets a workhorse role, because last year they liked to throw Josh Kelly in there and Kalen Bellage when he was there, they like to throw them in there. If they will just feed Eckler like the Saints feed Kamara, he's got um, he's got all the potential to be a top five back. Um, my only concerns is just Herbert spread it around more. Um, and then the touchdowns. He was some call it unlucky with the touchdowns last year. I call it. Maybe it's just who he is. He's not like a 15-touchdown guy. I think last year he was in the, what, off the top of my head, maybe around seven or eight or nine maybe. I have to fact check that one. But that's um, that's kind of why I have him at 11 because he's going to get – I hope he gets plenty of work. He's super good. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the most fun you know, players to draft this year, uh, Saquon Barkley, I mean – I've seen people, you know, get on Twitter and tell us that he dropped all the way to 12, you know, 13. Mm-hmm. If he returns to the player he once was, or not even once was, the player he was before he got injured, I mean, that could be a league winner. Great value, especially if you got if you got him at like the beginning of the second round somehow, and you managed to pair him up with one of these first round running backs, and he is indeed back to being the Saquon Barkley. That's that's something serious. Um, I've seen on Twitter today that the plan is for him to play. They've got Denver, who's got a good defense, but it's it's Saquon. If he's in there, you got to play him. Um, I'd be a little nervous about them starting him out slow, but I don't think you're going to have an option on your bench who's going to be worse starting over Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Maybe Wayne Gallman? That's a joke. All right. All right. Um, down to Antonio Gibson, one of your guys this year. Uh, you have him ranked 12th right now. Um, Love Antonio Gibson. Yeah, you you yeah. really like Antonio Gibson. I think he was mm-hmm. a top five running back before he got hurt last year. If He was up there. I mean, he had a ton of touchdowns. I want to say he had 12 last year. And that was on that was playing less than half the snaps. I think he played 40, around 45% of snaps for Washington. So if that goes up to you know 60 or 70, and they got rid of Peyton Barber, who was cutting into his snaps. I don't think I don't think the touchdowns will I don't think he can repeat what he did last year touchdown wise. I think he easily can because Fitzpatrick is going to improve the offense. They had Curtis Sam who's going to improve the offense. And then he's I think he's he's explosive enough and very, very fast to have those explosive 50, 60-yard touchdowns. Um, not every week, obviously, but here and there. And that's only going to help him. And when they get around the goal line, he's big enough to where they can feed him. All right, down to Raheem Mostert. Um, this is one of our biggest disagreements. I have him at 11. You have him at 17. Yep. Uh, the reason why I have him so high is he's facing Detroit. Sure. I expect them to get up early and you know just pound the ball. Um, and Raheem is the guy back there right now. Yeah, my only reservation is Trey Sermon, obviously, if they're going to try and uh, get him incorporated in the offense pretty quickly. And also, they've got plenty of receiving weapons with Ayuk and Samuel and Kittle. And 
there's a lot of talk about Trey Lance, a lot of talk about Garoppolo, because in the preseason when they got around the goal line, there were some packages where Trey Lance was in there and he's running the ball. So that made Vulture from Mostert. Trey Sermon made Vulture from Mostert. But it's a great matchup against Detroit. Um, I think I he's, see, I think I he's a must see, play. I could see him going for 140 and a touchdown. I could see it. I think that's definitely in the realm of possibilities. I think and if he even you got has, him. And he even him. has the chance for that 80-yard, 90-yard touchdown. Oh, yeah. Duke can fly. He's got some wheels. Yeah. If he comes out, if they come out, give him, you know, 15 to 20 touches this game. Mm-hmm. I I would rank him around the same spot as I would this week. I mean, you might have a steal with Raheem Mostert if they want to feed Raheem Mostert. Yeah, everybody's wanting to say that Trey Sermon is going to come in and eventually take over that lead back, but people forget just how good Mostert is. Like he's he's got all the all the, the only, attributes to be a the feature only, back. Only problem is health. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only that's the only thing, and that's what holds a lot of players back. But I cannot it, I cannot hear that and not think about watching him that game where he went to pl- like hold himself up with his arm and it just turned into a pretzel <laughs> and he snapped his arm. I do remember oh, that. I felt, that was that was such a bad feeling because he he was just breaking out and then that happened. But hey, he 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 managed to keep his breakout going. That's that's when San Francisco had like eight good running backs. Yeah, when he was like their fourth string and everybody yeah. was getting hurt and that's how he got in there. And then he was like, well, they're getting hurt. I might as well snap my arm. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So Chris Carson, I have him at 16. You have him at 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just a little scared. What if they go back, you know, to running the ball like they did, you know, weeks eight to 17 last year? I, I just don't think that's the case, especially against an Indianapolis defense. Um, and if the offense in general – throws the ball more it does bode well i think it does bode well for chris carson as well even though his his rushing attempts may go down he's going to be the main receiving back he's very underrated and they're still going to go to him around the goal line he, I, he'll get plenty of carry he's he's a real workhorse do you think the indianapolis matchup is going to scare people off from starting him or is he oh no up? he's still startable you're good i mean anywhere from that probably Running back twenty five and up, I think you're starting any of those guys, and then mm-hmm. you get down to like Josh Jacobs, Kareem Hunt, and Ronald Jones. You kind of just eh. Yeah, where you may have somebody on the bench who's got a better matchup, but uh, yeah. So moving on, next is Miles Sanders. Philadelphia is traveling to Atlanta this week. I think that's a juicy matchup for Miles Sanders, especially if Atlanta can have a. Uh, competent offense like we think they will and Jalen Hurts also plays good for Philly how do you think that bodes for Miles Sanders he's such a boomer bust player I think we were talking about this if he doesn't break off a 90 yard touchdown and do you trust him really I mean it's it's a tough one to rank because we put him this high based on his talent and his potential if he can be more consistent and keep Boston Scott off the field a little more and stay and stay healthy. He's got, he's got RB one upside. Um, I think right now he's a mid to high RB two. Um, and if he can develop a good connection with Jalen hurts out of the backfield, it, it should be fine. I think Atlanta is going to be a very good game to see how this, uh, this duo works, but I, I believe in miles Sanders. It's just, it's just consistency he's looking for. All right, and on to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I have him at 22. You have him at 16. Pretty high on him. Yeah, I mean, 
any running back in the Chiefs offense deserves to be around bare minimum RB15. The only reason I have him at 16 is uh, Cleveland's defense is really good. And Clyde has struggled against better defenses here and there. He's super talented, very quick. Uh, not the fastest guy in the world, but he's great on the back foot as well, even though they got Jarek McKinnon there. Uh, he should still see plenty of work. Um, I think we have him an average at 19 right behind uh, Gus Edwards, who I think we skipped. Um, we'll go back to him. But Clyde, he's he's got the upside. We just saw last year he didn't get the touchdowns we expect him to. That's my only reservation. Okay. And then talking about Gus, he's just going to kind of be a volume guy. Yeah. If he didn't have the vol- volume, I mean, I'd, I, I'm not trying to you know, crap on the player, but. I think he's better than you gave him credit for, and he's going to get tons of volume. Exposure. I mean, I have him ranked higher than you do just because but, of the defense he's facing. The only the only thing that holds him back is he d- he's not going to get much passing game work, but the Raiders, yeah, he, it wouldn't surprise me if he falls in the end zone once or twice. Like, I, I would fully expect it. And I don't think he's the goal line back. I think Lamar. I think Lamar. I think Gus Edwards will outscore Lamar in touchdowns this year. Oh, rushing touchdowns. Yeah, rushing touchdowns. Because Lamar had how think, many last I would year? Think, I would think so too. I w- I would say Gus. Uh, how many did Lamar have last year? I'm I'm not sure. Seven or eight. But I would guess both of them would have around eleven or twelve. Wow, eleven or twelve for Lamar. That's. That's some crazy. I think that's value. optimistic for both. I don't know. I mean, they're going to be relying on the running game a lot, so who knows? All right. Well, off to David Montgomery. Um, Our running back 20 this week against the Rams. Tough matchup. Rams defense is very good with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Um, I think. He's relying on volume against that defense, and oh yeah, for sure, some I passing mean, game work. I mean, if he was facing you know an okay defense, I'd have him right there with Raheem Mostert and Chris Carson. But I mean, that is just not the that is probably the worst matchup you could get week one. And also, I think Andy Dalton instead of Justin Fields is going to bring his value down a little bit. I think once they eventually hopefully make the switch to Fields, I think that only helps Montgomery because I think that's more opportunity and. You know, having a rookie quarterback, they're going to want to take some of the pressure off of him with the running back. I would like to. This might be a little biased. I think Montgomery, when Fields comes in, has a chance to get to that RB one, like a low end RB one. Uh, yeah, and half point PPR, half point PPR. Well, he showed last year that he's got that potential. Because I'm pretty I sure just, he was RB one in like weeks twelve and on. At the very, I would say Alvin Kamara. <laughs> I think oh I'll yeah, just because that one week. <laughs> yeah, just because that Kamar. one week. Yeah, but Montgomery was solid. He showed he's got it. But they bring back Treat Cohen from injury. They bring in Damian Williams. Um, maybe taking some some work from him. Who knows? I mean, it's it's a big question mark. It's a guy that if you can get in the, I don't know, if you can get him in like the fourth round or fifth round of your draft, if he falls that low. You've got some serious potential value you could be. In our big league, I think I got him at the end of the third. Because Did you go three RBs in a row? Yeah, I went three RBs in a row. Yeah, see what you got him at the... I went Eckler, or no, I went Harris, Eckler, and then 
it would have had to been Montgomery because you would have picked him over Amari Cooper, right? Yeah, I picked him over Amari Cooper. Yeah, but um, if you can get him in the fourth or fifth, I think you're. I would even say the. I would even say the middle of the third. I mean, I wouldn't take him above. I mean, I'd think. I wouldn't take him above. Who would you say? Like someone like, I personally wouldn't take him above like Chris Carson or Joe Mixon or guys like that. Um, I think he falls right in behind them or Miles Sanders even. I think well, him and Miles Sanders are maybe a toss up. But I, on a po- I was looking on a points per game basis mm-hmm. for on from weeks eleven to seventeen. Derrick Henry had twenty three points per game. Jonathan Taylor had twenty two. David Montgomery had twenty one point seven. Wow, it's impressive. Alvin Kamara, where do you think he ranked? He must have had quiet. He must have quiet games around the what the hundred point game he had. Yeah, he was at fifth. Wow, so he must have been really quiet. So you no, he was lucky. at fourth in, in points per game. <laughs> okay. Fourth. But David Montgomery, I mean, was really good. Yeah, he's getting fed. He's getting over twenty touches a game. So in twenty at twenty first, we've got Mike Davis playing the Eagles. Um, how do you think that's going to turn out? It's a new new team for him. Uh, they just brought in Wayne Gallman. I want to talk about that. I have him at 19, so I'm higher on him this week. He's facing not-so-great defense. Mm-hmm. But I do think Wayne Gallman kind of spoils the Mike Davis party. You think because, that's a committee? I wouldn't say a full-on committee. I would say touches. As touch, yeah, as touches go, probably 65, 35, 60, 40. The only reason Mike Davis was going so high in drafts is off of volume. I mean, no competition. Yeah, exactly. Now Wayne, he was fighting with a fullback and a kick returner. <laughs> yeah, and now and now a legit running back who averaged, I think, four and a half yards, maybe even five yards per carry last year, mm-hmm. and has a track record of kind of you know getting work in any kind of backfield he's in. Yeah, if um if we knew that Wayne Gallman was going to get the expected or. I wouldn't say expected, but we're talking about with like the you know possibly forty percent touches or something like that. I would have Damian Harris above him. I'd have DeAndre Swift above. I'd him. have Miles Gaskin above him. I'd have Chase Edmonds above him. I think he'd fall right in there with that Josh Jacobs kind of range. Yeah, I, I it's just it scares me. Maybe I'm overreacting to the Wayne Gallman pickup. Yeah, it's it's just tough to tell. Wayne Gallman is definitely a good handcuff to have if you if you have Mike Davis. It'll be interesting to see this week. Um. I don't think it will go into effect this week. That's why I have him a little bit higher because yeah. I think Wade Gallman got there this weekend. Um, yeah, he's still he's, learning the offense. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be practicing for four or five days. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't even know if he'll – was he on a roster? I don't know how the whole COVID rules work either with how many times you have to test negative to practice. I don't know. I don't know how the whole pickup thing works. It, it probably know. depends on if he's vaccinated, I would guess. I think if he's vaccinated, I would imagine it's just a one-time negative and you're good to go. If yeah, not, but I maybe. think if he was on a prior team before that, then he doesn't have to go through all that. So I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Maybe. But um, off to Damian Harris and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, we have him a little bit lower. Uh, I have him there because of the injury concerns. Um, I've seen it's on – San Fran's defense? Yeah, more of the injury concern, though. I mean, if he was fully healthy, I'd have him around, you know, the Miles Sanders, Gus Edwards range. Okay, I don't think I – well, 
I don't think I'd have him quite that high. I think he's in the right area. San Fran's got a very good defense. Um, and then they brought in Jamal Williams, so that's going to be more touches um, in jeopardy. But Swiss very talented. Uh, he's shown that last season. Jared Goff, I'm not a fan of. I don't think he's going to be able to spark that offense like some people are hoping. And uh, it's just going to be a lot of competition, I think, with Jamal. I think that's the main thing alongside San Fran's defense. Do you agree with yeah. that, or you think he's going to get fed? I don't think he's going to get fed, but I think he's so good with the limited touches he will get. He'll make it. He'll make it worth it. Okay. What about Damian Harris? Now Damian Cam, Harris. Cam, Cam Newton's gone. I don't trust Patriots running backs, but I think the only you know real good one was the Garrett Blunt. I would say Damian Harris is going to be better than Garrett Blunt. Really, yeah. I, I would like to. Garrett Blunt had a insane amount of touchdowns that one year. Yeah, he led the league in touchdowns. I want to look up something real quick about Garrett Blunt. But I'll, just, um, I'll speak. I'll speak on Damian Harris while you look that up. Yeah, Damian Harris. Um, Cam Newton going away. It frees up tons of more rushing opportunities. Um, it gives more opportunity and just touchdowns in general because I think Mac Jones is what that offense needed. They needed a real uh, pocket passer. Um, bringing in the tight ends, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, going to open up the offense. Um, I don't think they're no, they're any longer going to be able to just stack the box like they were doing last year because you do, you don't you know it's either Cam Newton or he's going to hand it off to Harris or throw a little little swing route to James White. So I think all those factors would be um, advantageous for Harris this week, especially against Miami, who I think is uh, very good in the secondary, and I think their front seven is not as good as some people say it is. I think they're definitely exploitable. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the rookie running back, Ramondre Stevenson, too. I, he was like, I don't think he is really a factor. I don't think okay. J.J. Taylor's a factor. But Ramondre Stevenson, I mean, he was really good in the preseason. Yeah. I, I'm going to pull think, it up right here. This is weeks. This is weeks. 1 to 17 rankings on fantasy pros. I don't know why I said that like that. But this is 2016. This was his I think it said 18 touchdown year. I'm pretty sure he led the league in touchdowns this year. Man, Phil, it, that's just so weird to see David Johnson that far ahead. <laughs> Look at that list. Yeah. Look at that like, list. Like how many are still around? I don't think You've got the Saints' third string running back up there in the top 15. Isn't that crazy? I'm telling you, Latavius Murray was good. Ah, he Latavius wasn't Murray, good. He was okay. Latavius Murray was good. But let's get back to our rankings. Um, we'll hit on a couple more, and then that should be good for. I want to. I want to skip a few. Sure. I want to go to Josh Jacobs. Okay. Sure. Uh, like I was telling you, I think he relies on volume. I don't think. With that offense, he's running behind the worst offensive line in the league, maybe. And, you know, in games where he hasn't had 20-plus touches or 20-plus carries, he's kind of averaged, I think, around seven or eight points per game. Might be wrong there, uh, but it's close to that. Mm -hmm. I know that. I think he's a volume guy. And now with Kenyon Drake there as well. Exactly. That just – 
scary. I don't know what's up with that Kenyon Drake signing. I mean, if you're unless you're going to run him in the slot, that's weird. I don't see it. I, I I've heard some talks about that. I mean, Kenyon Drake's a good receiving back, but is he your slot guy? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I stayed in all my drafts. I stay away from both of them. Kenyon Drake, a hundred percent, stay away from Josh Jacobs. If he falls like just crazy low, I may take him to be a bench running back, but he won't be in any of my starting lineups. All right, and then I think that's it. I mean, we have Sony Michelle, Javante Williams. Um, you know, those are guys who are new to their teams. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Tevin Coleman. I have Tevin Coleman a little bit higher, just because I think it will take a little bit of time for Michael Carter. Same thing with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I agree. Um, you know, Sonny Michelle might take over that workhorse role, but I don't think it will be week one. Mm-hmm. That's why I have Daryl Henderson higher. And then, gotcha. um, yeah, I think that I think that's it. I mean, some of those guys are your flex starters. If that's the case, I don't love that. Yeah, me neither. But um, I think it's going to wrap it up for the running backs. Yeah, we uh, yeah. appreciate it's everybody a, watching. It's went a little bit longer than expected, but uh. Well, there's more there's more players to talk about for sure. Wide receiver is probably going to be similar. The FF Fanatics 3 on Twitter, the Fantasy Fanatics on YouTube, and the FF Fanatics on the website. 